Welcome to 54 Live, your live golf podcast. I am your host, Digsies, and we are one week away from the Live Golf Invitational Boston. And by the time we tee it off next week, it will have been five weeks since we had some Live Golf. But hey, they wanted to play nice. Give the PGA Tour the month of August for their FedEx Cup playoffs, and then Live Golf will take the rest of the year. Uh, after Boston, they'll head to Chicago September 16th to September 18th. Then they head overseas back-to-back weeks starting October 7th to the 9th in Bangkok, then over to Jeddah October 14th to the 16th. Then they'll wrap the year up in Miami, and we finally get to head back to the Blue Monster at Trump National Golf Course Doral for the team championship October 27th to October 30th. And I'm very excited to see what will entail the team championship because it says team championship on the website. I don't know if there is going to be a uh, individual tournament and prize that week. It says team championship. So it'll be interesting to see what they got for the team championship and the last event for the first year of Live Golf. And we all know if you're a Live Golf fan, come 2023, there is going to be major changes. But I'm excited for them to go back to Doral. Uh, The golf, professional golf hasn't been played at Doral for what? It's been five Six years now since since they took the tournament away from Doral and, and moved it down to Mexico. It's one of the best finishing holes on golf, the 18th at Doral, the Blue Monster, and we get it back in business at the end of this year, October 27th to the 30th. So again, we're a week away from Live Golf. Again, we got a great show for you today. We discuss President's Cup rosters. We try to predict who the seven are who's leaving for Live. We get into some official World Golf Rankings discussion. Uh, the Tiger meeting, which led to Jay Monahan's announcement today. I was going to record the podcast last night, but I said, you know what? It's coming out Thursday morning. Let me wait a day just in case there's some big news that comes out. Look what happens. Today, Jay Monahan drops a bombshell, and we'll go over every piece of that. And then we'll finally wrap it up with some more tidbits on the Patrick Reed, Brandel, Chambly mess. Um, but yeah, let's get right to it. They announced the first members of the President's Cup roster for Team U. USA and the international squad um, this week that it kicks off in four weeks at Quail Hollow. Uh, the U.S. team is anchored by Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffele, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, and Tony Finau. Now, looking at the seven golfers that are jumping over to live, I'm um, 90... 98% confident that none of these guys are on the list. The only people that might be on the list is Cantley and Xander, but I'm pretty confident that they're staying with the PGA Tour. So it looks like the Team USA is going to rock with these six guys, plus plus six captains picks that Davis Love the third will choose. Now, looking at the standings, the next six in the standings after Finale is Will Zalatoris. Who knows if he'll be ready for the President's Cup? He announced this week that he's 
passing up on the tour championship because of a back issue. And honestly, his back has to be really balking. His back has to be hurting him a lot because he is passing up a major payday for missing out the tour championship. You got big bonuses at the last event of the year. Plus, you got the FedEx Cup bonuses. Him you know, not playing the tour championship, his back must be messed up. And who knows, maybe it won't be strong enough to go for the President's Cup. So Will Zalatoris will put a question mark next to him. Uh, eighth is Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, Billy Horschel, Cameron Young, and 13th is Tom Hoagie, uh, 14th JT Poston, 15th Kevin Kisner. So um, looking down at this list, I, I honestly, if I was Davis Love the third, I'm taking the next 12. Um, maybe I'll throw Kevin Kisner in there, who's 15th. You know he can putt well. Um, he's been a great team member for the President's Cup teams before. So maybe I would go with Kisner if, if um, Zalatoris can't go. But we'll see what Davis Love the third does. Now, in regards to the international squad, Okay, their top eight, because they have eight people that automatically qualify and four captains picks. The U.S. squad went with six because that's what they did at the Ryder Cup last year because of COVID. Uh, So the international team has Cameron Smith, Hideki Matsuyama, Sanjay M, Neiman, Tom Kim, Corey Connors, Adam Scott, and Mito Pereira. And Mito Pereira gets that eighth spot thanks to his great play at the PGA Championship through 71 holes uh, before making that big mistake on the 72nd hole and missing the playoff between Will Zarrell-Latoris and Justin Thomas. Now, looking at this team Automatically, right off the bat, you have to replace Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith is gone. He's most likely playing in um, Live Golf Boston. Even if he waits to Chicago, that's still before uh, the the President's Cup. And you know Greg Norman and Live want to get Cameron Smith on the ground at a live event as soon as possible. So the second the tour championship over is over, Cam Smith is gone. Hideki Matsuyama, that's up in the air. Sunjay M, that's up in the air. Um, Neiman um, was at the big meeting with Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy along with Adam Scott. So all signs point to Neiman and Scott staying. Haven't heard anything about Corey Connors or Mito Pereira Um Hideki Matsuyama is most likely not leaving. Like he, he was, there was big talks about him leaving. Shrixon wants to. I said a few episodes ago that big corporations are going to start buying these teams and be branding these teams and sponsoring these teams. Um, so Shrixon wanted to sponsor a team and they wanted Hideki to be the face of that team. And Shrixon even went as far as paying some of the upfront bonus that Liv would pay Hideki to get him. But I've heard that that has changed, that Hideki Matsuyama wants to stay on the PGA Tour and that the PGA Tour is coming up with some sort of bonus or some sort of structure to give Hideki Matsuyama money because Hideki Matsuyama is a huge star um, in the golf world. You know, you got Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and honestly, the third biggest star, I would say, is Hideki Matsuyama because you have a whole country following the guy. Um, you know, 
Japan is a golf crazed nation, and if if you bring Hideki Matsuyama on to live, you know you got all of Japan watching live golf now. So I think that I've heard that. The PGA Tour is going to work something out because Hideki wasn't high up in the first PIP rankings, something along those lines. So as of right now, I would say Hideki stays. Sunjay M and Tom Kim, I would say they're 50-50. The only reason why I would say Tom Kim is 50-50 is because Tom Kim was on the Asian Tour up until this year, and the Asian Tour commissioner... now. Excuse me if I mispronounce this, but the Asian Tour Commissioner Chu Min Tant has a relationship with Tom Kim, and he spoke about Tom Kim highly uh, earlier this year when he was talking about the Asian Tour um, combining with Liv. Um, he said, we have a golfer that's coming up the ranks. He's 19 years old. The rest of the world hasn't heard of him yet, but soon you will hear about him. And that was Tom Kim. And he just won recently um, on the PGA Tour. So honestly, Tom Kim might go. I, I, I'm i not sure on that. Uh, like I said, Neiman was at the meeting along with Scott, Corey, Kynes, Corey Connors, who knows, highly doubtful. So out of this international squad, I would say Cam is definitely going. Maybe one of him or Kim. I, I don't know. Let's say for argument's sakes, the international squad loses three guys, okay? The next three in the standings are K.H. Lee, Eric Van Ruin, and Sebastian Munoz. The next six available for the four remaining captain picks are Adam Hadwin, Ryan Fox, Mackenzie Hughes, Anibal Lahiri, Christian Bezenhut, and Leishman, who Leishman is gone. He's joining Liv, so let's skip Let's skip him. So lastly, it will be Taylor Pendrith. Uh, you got Emiliano Grio. He's 23rd in the standings. He's 98th in the world, but he's been playing some good golf lately. Two second place finishes and a top 20 in the last two months. So he can very well be picked. Uh, Jason Day is a big name, but he's 31st on the list. He hasn't done nothing all year. So honestly, no offense to these guys, but taking away Cam Smith, taking away Leishman and, you know, one of him or, or, or Kim, you know, who will the casual golf fan know? You know, they know Hideki, they know Adam Scott, maybe Neiman, you know, Hadman's, Had, Hadwin's been around for a while, um, but you know, three, four guys, none of them are a superstar right now other than Hideki Matsuyama. Adam Scott was at one time, he has name recognition, but he's not playing at the superstar level that he was, let's say, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. So the international side is lacking. And it's, it's going to be, you know, the U.S. team is going to destroy them. And that, that happens every single President's Cup. You know, last, last uh, President's Cup, the international squad started out hot. We thought maybe it was their time. But, you know, Tiger and JT got fired up, got it going, and they won. So that's the deal with the President's Cup. It will be interesting to see what unfolds. Now, jumping over, all this President's Cup talk had me thinking about the Ryder Cup. And, you know... It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Ryder Cup come next year. Now, Zach Johnson and Luke Donald will have big decisions to make on who their captain's picks will be. Now, Jay Monahan said today in his presser that if any live golf player tries to get back on the PGA Tour, begs him, gets on his knees, this, that, the other, the answer is simply no. 
He will not allow a live defector back on the PGA Tour. And you know the Ryder Cup probably will take that stance as well because, you know, it's backed by the PGA Tour. It's backed by the PGA of America. So looking at, not just looking at the players, I was looking at the captain side of things. There's a whole roster of future, especially European Ryder Cup captains. There's a whole roster of future European Ryder Cup, would-be future European Ryder Cup captains on live. Obviously, Stenson was supposed to be the next captain in Rome. He was stripped of that. They gave it to Luke Donald. But going down the line, Ian Poulter, Lee Westward, Sergio Garcia, Graham McDowell. Um, that's a decade of future captains gone. Even, you know, 10, 12 years from now, you got Martin Keimer, who made a solid putt to win the Ryder Cup back at Medina back in 2012. Was that 2012? Yes, back in 20, 2012 at Medina when, when Martin Keimer made that putt on the 18th hole. He could have been a captain. Um, you know, who do they pick now? You know, like I said, Luke Donald is the captain. He might have to be a captain for a year or two, two, two Ryder Cups. You got Justin Rose, if he doesn't jump to live. You got the Molinari brothers. Uh, maybe they'll call up the most interesting man in golf, Miguel Angel Jimenez. Maybe they throw it back to Thomas Bjorn, Padraig Harrington. Uh, maybe Colin Montgomery gets another shot. Robert Carlson. Honestly, Rory McIlroy might be playing captain uh, very soon because they really have nobody else. You know, like I, I named those guys. You're missing 10 years, five to six Ryder Cups worth of captains, okay? Poulter, Westwood, Sergio, G. Mackheimer, that's six captains, that's 12 years, including Stenson now, that's 14 years. So, you know, it's it'll be very interesting to see where the European side goes. And it's upsetting because when you think of the European Ryder Cup and you think of guys that have completely played great and, you know, dominated the U.S. for years, you think of Polta, you think of Sergio, you know, these guys aren't going to be able to be captains. Like, think about what Jose Maria Oladabble did when he was captain, how he got the team fired up. Seve, you know, you're not going to be able to get that with Sergio. Um, looking at the U.S. side, Phil was most likely going to be captain at Bethpage in 2025. Now, that won't come to fruition. Uh, the U.S. side obviously has a plethora of options. You got Zach Johnson next year. Tiger can be captain of a few Ryder Cups. He probably will be at Bethpage in 2025 now, sans Phil. Uh, you got Matt, Matt Kuchar, Snedeker. They could finally give Couples his shot. He's been patiently waiting, you know, looking down the line in 10 years. Webb Simpson, Keegan Bradley. Now, one other guy I want to talk about is Bubba Watson. He would have been a future Ryder Cup captain in the next six to eight years for sure. And you have to think that Bubba being, Bubba's all about Team USA, is all about the team events. And you have to think that him being passed up for a Ryder Cup's captain pick in 2016, even though he was 10th on the list, maybe that stayed with him and he said, screw it, because you saw how excited he was just to be, you know, a quote unquote, you know, uh, a quote-unquote assistant captain, um, you know, team member in 2016 when he was on the grounds. But maybe that stayed with him. And he said, screw it. I, I don't care what, I don't care about being a Ryder Cup captain anymore after what they did to me. And maybe that's why he went to live. Um, but you never know. But it, it'll be very interesting to see how these team formats and these team competitions, you know, pan out in the future because, whether you like live golf or you don't like live golf, you have to agree. Any smart golf fan will agree that some of the best players in the world are playing on live 
and they're being excluded from these team tournaments, these team events, and probably not majors. I, I don't think they're going to be excluded um, from majors in the future. I, I just don't think that they can do it. And I think that the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and the PGA will look to Augusta and see what Augusta does because they're the first major up. And let's be real, they're the end-all, be-all when it comes to majors, the most prestigious you know, major out there. Um, but, you know, Bubba Watson, he has two majors. I, I I think he'll continue to play at Augusta. There, there's no way that Augusta National isn't going to let past champions come and play the Masters. Okay, you're going to tell me that they're going to ban past champions when seven of the last seven of the last twelve Masters champions—that's fifty-eight percent of them—since 2010 have been won by guys on the Live Tour. You got two for Bubba, one for Phil, Sergio, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, and Charles Schwartzel. So you're going to tell me they're going to ban all those guys, seven of their past 12 champions, and they're not going to allow them on the ground. They're not going to allow them play the Masters tournament. I do not... I, I don't agree with that whatsoever, and I don't think that it will happen. Now, looking at, speaking about master uh, major championships, looking at the world rankings right now and where the top live golfers were when they signed on with live to where they're now, uh, Dustin Johnson was 16th. He's 21st now. Answer 20 to 24th. Brooks went from 22nd to 25th. Oosthuizen 25th to 30th. Na 33 to 34. Bryson 29 to 35. Uh, Kokrak 36 to 38. Gooch 41st to 45th. And Patrick Reed 42nd to 49th. The biggest drop. He was 46 going into the event, Asian Tour event in Singapore, but he lost three spots because of that. Now, speaking of the event in Singapore, um, the Asian Tour are now allowing these live golfers to come and play whenever they want, and you're going to be able to qualify for live golf via the Asian Tour. And three guys have already qualified for the live event in Boston via the Asian Tour. We got Scott Vincent, Pachara Kangwapmai, and Siwon Kim. All three of them have qualified for the event in Boston. And, you know, like I said, looking at a guy like Scott Vincent, he leads the International Series Order of Merit. It's the new International Series that the Asian Tour is running in accordance with Liv. He went from 118th in the world rankings at the beginning of the year all the way to 85th after pretty much playing all events on the Asian Tour minus the Open Championship. So, like I said, he'll be in Boston, and that just shows you right there what they're able to accomplish and how they can move up these official world golf rankings by just playing the Asian tour. Now, obviously they're working um, with the official world golf uh, rankings to get world ranking points for the event. There's some hurdles behind that, but Greg Norman said this week that live golf is a proven platform with very significant players with very high ranking points with a very proven model that works. A lot of varies there. Uh, so I think really the onus is on the official world golf rankings as an independent organization see that live golf is worthy of these ranking points because of what we produced and what we've done i'm confident they'll sit back and see the live golf league from 2023 and the live golf
Wealth Invitational Series we've done today is worthy and warranted of official World Golf Ranking Points. So now he's calling it the Live Golf Invitational Series. I wonder if he's talking about the Invitational Series um, on the Asian Tour. If he is, that's a big statement. But Greg Norman thinks they deserve official World Golf Ranking Points. I think they deserve official World Golf Ranking Points. You know, maybe don't give them as many points as you would winning a PGA Tour event because the PGA Tour event, you're going up against 150 guys and a cut. Live, you only got 48 guys, no cut, 54 holes. You know, so give them, you know, half or, or you know, 75% of what you would earn on the PGA Tour. But the guys on Live should get world ranking points. You know, and, and they have to because if not, it's it's the, the the majors when the majors happen. Look two three years down the line. These guys aren't getting world ranking points. They're going to be out of the top fifty if they're not already exempt uh, from these majors from winning the majors in the past. These guys aren't going to be able to play in the majors. So you're telling me you're going to have major championships without some of the best golfers in the world? Cam Smith, who's arguably you know. Cam Smith will be in the majors the next five years because he just won the Open Championship. But, you know, Cam Smith, one of the best golfers in the world right now. Brooks Kepka, a four-time major champion. DJ, a two-time major champion. You know, Patrick Reed. You know, Bryson DeChambeau, who's a young player on the up and up. Taylor Gooch. Like, you need to see these guys in the in the majors. So, like I said, the Asian Tour is a great way for them to get those points. I said Scott Vincent. Um, Taehoon OK went from 398 to 303 after winning the International Series Korea event last week. Uh, look at a guy like Travis Smith. He was 652nd in the world. He played three International Series events. Um, one in England where he got a second place finish, Singapore and Korea, and he moved from 652 all the way to 432. That's more than 200 spots that Travis Smith moved up just by playing three international series events on the Asian tour. So honestly, it's a great way for these live golfers to get some sort of official world golf ranking points until they are awarded, you know, real official, not, not to say that the Asian tour official world golf ranking points aren't real. Obviously they're a lot smaller size of the pie than the PGA tour or the DP world tour. But until they get official world golf ranking points for the live events they're playing right now, they can play on the Asian tour. And one last thing before we move on from this, Richard Bland made a comment on the birdies bro podcast. I think Keith Pelly has ma- has maybe missed an opportunity. Keith Pelly is the DP world tour commissioner. Um, DJ Dustin Johnson said to me that if Keith doesn't come down too heavy on you guys, I'll join the DP world tour. Keith had an opportunity to really get some of the top players in the world playing the DP World Tour. So right there, not only would they have been playing Asian Tour events, if Keith, Pel- if Keith Pelly didn't get in bed with the PGA Tour like he did, they would have been playing DP World Tour events and playing all across Europe. And you got a lot of guys on that tour that enjoy p- that played that tour forever. All the uh, European guys, you got Patrick Reed, who has an honorary lifetime membership on the DP World Tour. So that was a missed opportunity from Keith Pelly and the DP World Tour. And it'll be interesting to see if they backtrack some of their statements and some of the decisions they made after what the PGA Tour did this year. So honestly, let's just get right to it. Um, Obviously, 
If you're a golf fan, you know that Tiger Woods had a big meeting um, with the top 20 or so players um, on the PGA Tour. Um, And honestly, I would say that all the guys that were at the meeting are 99% not going to live and they seem on board and committed um, to the changes that Jay Monahan announced today. You had Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantley, John Rahm, Xander Shawfley, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikara, Will Zalatoris, Victor Hovland, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, Billy Horschel, Cameron Young, Neiman, Max Homa, Shane Lowry, Tyrell Hatton, Kevin Kisner, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, and obviously Tiger. Um, Tommy Fleetwood wasn't there, but he had uh, a personal issue he was dealing with, and he just committed to the Zozo Championship, uh, along with Xander Shawfley and Ricky Fowler in October. So he's staying on the tour along with Xander and Ricky. Um, like I said, Tom Kim, Hideki Matsuyama, and Sunjay M weren't there, but it was stressed that it was only going to be a players-only meeting those guys would have needed translators so that's why they weren't in the event because they didn't want to allow their translators in there Um, and what I heard was that they were told what the meeting was about and they got on board after the fact and you know I guess asked to be on board because like I said with Hideki he's 50-50 but I'm leaning towards him staying with the PGA Tour actually I'm sorry M and Kim are 50-50 Hideki Matsuyama is more like 90% staying on the PGA Tour. But like I said, Jay Monahan, um, good thing we waited for tonight to record this podcast because Jay Monahan came out today and he made a huge announcement. So starting in 2023, the top players, and let's, um, let's explain who consists of the top players. So a top player will be defined as... Players who finish in the top 20 under the current player impact program and players who finish in the top 20 under the revised player impact program criteria. And we'll get to the revised PIP later. Um, So these top players will commit to at least 20 events on the PGA Tour, assuming they qualify, um, which will include 12 elevated events. The three playoff events, FedEx St. Jude, BMW Tour Championship, um, as well as the Genesis, Arnold Palmer Memorial, WGC Dell Match Play, Century Tournament of Champions, and four additional elevated events will be announced at a later date. And I heard rumors that they're going to rotate those four events. So, you know, one year you'll get John Deere, the Travelers, 3M, and Wells Fargo. And the next year you'll get, you know, bada, bada, bada. Um, But anyway, all these events will have a minimum $20 million purse. Obviously, the Tour Championship with the FedEx Cup bonus pool will be $75 million will be given out. And I believe the Players Championship is $25 million. Yes, so they'll be playing the Players Championship as well. You know all the top guys play that. And the four major championships, the Masters, PGA, US Open, and the Open... And then three additional FedEx Cup events of the players choosing. So that will allow the players to fulfill their sponsorships and whatnot, the requirements that they have with their sponsors. Um, So, yeah, 
We're going to see these guys 20 times a year, 20 of the best golfers in the world playing. Well, not in the world because you got some guys on live, but the 20 top PGA Tour golfers that will be playing against each other for 20 times in one season. And when you look at it, take a step back and look at the big picture. The season kicks off January 5th, ends August 27th. So that's 34 weeks in total. They're going to be playing 20 events. So that's like one event every two weeks. It's great for golf fans. And I'm sure they'll stagger the events around the majors. So players can tune up before the major championships. And most likely they won't have any of these premier events after a major because, you know, these guys like to take the week off after a major. Now, going back to the player impact program, um, they have expanded the player impact program. Um, They're going to be rewarding 20 players now instead of the 10 that they were originally doing. Uh, The total bonus pool is now $100 million, up from $50 million. Uh, The PIP criteria will be adjusted to remove the Q score and social media criteria and expand awareness criteria to capture the awareness from casual and core fan base. Honestly, reading that, I think that is the Hideki Matsuyama clause. Um, For 2022, any player on the revised criteria list who is not on the current criteria list will receive a payout equal to the 20th position. Uh, Most likely that will be two or three players. So already they're giving the guys their money right now. Um, And players will receive their PIP bonus at the end of the season after competing in 13 elevated events and three non-elevated events as outlined above. So those are the PGA Tour events. Obviously, they can't guarantee that the player is going to play in the majors because what if they don't qualify for the majors? But that is big. If you do not play in the 13 premier events plus three extra events, you're not getting your PIP bonus. So that pretty much guarantees these players uh, play these big events and to keep everything in structure and keep everything moving along. Now, on top of that, to help out the guys on lower on the totem pole, um, they are launching an earnings assurance program. Uh, so fully exempt players, Corn Ferry Tour category and above, they're guaranteed a league minimum of $500,000 per player. So the tour will fund any gap in earnings. So let's say you earn $450,000 that year, the tour will make up the difference and give you $50,000. Uh, rookies and returning members will receive that money up front and you must participate in 15 events to get that money. Now, on top of that, for non-exempt members, players from 126 to 150 and below, you're going to receive $5,000 for every missed cut, which will subsidize travel and tournament-related expenses, and it does not impact tournament purses. So they're not going to take that off the top from the tournament that people have been saying Liv has been doing all along. So if you take a guy that has just qualified, he's in that 126 to 150 category. Let's say he has an off year. He plays 20 events and he missed every single cut all year long. He's still walking away with 100 grand. You couldn't have said that for the past so many years on the PGA Tour forever. They'd never had something like this. So they're taking care of their players. They do not want these players to jump to live. And honestly, Phil was right all along. Greg Norman was right all along. 
everything that Greg Norman tried to do in the late 90s, everything that Phil has talked about for years, it's all coming into play thanks to Live Golf. So honestly, it's going to be exciting and it has to be great for golf fans. Like I said on Twitter, whether you're a PGA Tour diehard, a Live Golf fan or both like me, you know, this is great for the game of golf all around. It's competition, and it allows us to see the top players in the world. And looking at, uh, you know, looking at the schedule, you know, let's say you want to go. Let's say you're a big golf fan, and you want to go to, you know, how people go across the country to go to a different ballpark or a different football stadium every year. Let's say you're a huge golf fan, and you want to go to a different golf tournament every year. In years past, you can buy tickets, get your travel arrangements six months before, and not know who is going to be at that event. Now, you can look at the schedule, and you say, oh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, even though you know you knew all the big guys were going to that, so you know let's not use the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Let's say the Genesis at Riviera, which is a great tournament, a, a, an amazing golf course, but not all the top golfers in the world play that event because you got Pebble Beach before it's sandwiched uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Opens right there as well. There's a lot of tournaments, uh, you know, in that time of the year, now you know that the top 20 golfers from the year before will be at that event. It is great for the fans. And also they made another big change. The Tournament of Champions, which is the first event on the PGA Tour schedule, the calendar year, the first event in the calendar year, the new calendar year, it's always been the past champions from the season before. Now they are changing it to include the past champions from the season before and anybody who made the Tour Championship. So if you make it to East Lake, even if you don't win throughout the year, if you make it to East Lake, you can get to Kapalua and play at the Tournament of Champions. So who benefited from this change this year? Cameron Young, Colin Morikawa, Adam Scott, Scott Stallings, Corey Connors, Brian Harmon, Aaron Wise, and Sahith Dagala. Now, obviously, those players still have one more chance to get a win this week, but they'll be starting behind FedEx Cup playoff leader Scotty Scheffler. You know, they got the whole handicap system, so it'll be hard for them to get a win this week. But if they don't, they'll be at the Tournament of Champions. Now, another big thing that was announced today, it's like all day long, we just kept getting big news after big news after big news. Um, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy just announced the launch of a new golf league, the TGL. I believe it stands for Team Golf League. Uh, it's in partnership with the PGA Tour. You're going to have six teams of three, 15 Monday night matches throughout the year. So it's going to start in January towards the end of football season. 15 goes into the summer, what have you. Um, so it's not going to coincide with Monday Night Football. It's not going to coincide with PGA Tour events. And it's it's first of its kind tech-infused venue. So it looks like there's a simulator. Um, it's a custom-built arena, which will combine a data-rich virtual course with the state-of-the-art short game complex. It will offer high-tech, high-energy fan experience with fans sitting greenside and the inaugural TGLC 
season kicks off January 2024 with the 15-match regular season followed by playoffs and a championship match. Now, looking at the artist renderings of the TGL, it looks like there's a big simulator that the players will hit into for their drives and the iron shot, and then it looks like there's like a 100-yard, maybe 120-yard short game area in the center of the arena. Maybe it's only 50 yards. I don't know how big it is with bunkers. And it looks like the green might be on some sort of springs that after each hole, they can change the way the green slopes or they could change where the green, uh, the hole is on the green. So it's not them putting to the same position um, all night long. So you'll hit your drive, you'll hit your second shot. Then if you're on the green, you'll putt. If you end up in the bunker, they have like eight bunkers you could hit chip out of. There's a chipping ground you could chip onto the green and the the fans will be there watching the players finish the hole with their short game and their putts. So that's something to look at on Monday nights too. Prime time, you know, you know, people will tune in. You know, it sounds weird thinking about it right now with the you know tech aspect of it, but honestly, you got Tiger Woods behind it, you got Rory McIlroy behind it. You know, it's probably going to be good, and it's just more honestly, Tiger Woods swooped in like the savior of the world and the savior of golf the last week. Between this, um, he he's on the cover of PGA 2K23 now, again, the first time since the you know late early 2000s, and uh, he had this meeting to get all the players on board. So honestly, Jay Monahan has to be thinking, thanking Tiger Woods right now for what he has done, but you know what? You know, Tiger Woods is getting money behind this. You know, he, he, he looks like a savior, but he's not doing it for nothing. Tiger Woods has changed the way the PGA Tour is operating. Maybe he's going to change the way fan engagement is with this new golf league. But, you know, Tiger Woods got the bag from PGA 2K23 and the TGL. So, honestly, a lot of exciting events coming up in the world of golf. And with Liv kicking off their brand new tour in 2023 with their changes, the full team format, the PGA Tour changes from 2023, and then you got the TGL in 2024. It is a great time to be a golf fan. And honestly, golf is changing because they want to get the younger viewer engaged. If you look at all the stats, the big time numbers that the big time demographics that tune into golf is the older demographic. They want to get the younger kids involved and live PGA, TGL. They think this is the way to get the younger kids involved. Now, Last thing that I want to touch on is last week we talked about the Patrick Reed, Brandel Chambly lawsuit, and we didn't really have the meat and potatoes of it. We just had what the lawsuit was about. So I did some digging, and uh, the suit which was filed last Tuesday, it alleged that Chambly and the Golf Channels conspired as joint tourfeasers never heard that word in my life, for and with the PGA Tour to label Reed as a cheater and further mock his decision to leave for the Saudi-backed golfing enterprise. The suit also claims that Shambly and the network actively targeting Mr. Reed since he was 23 years old to destroy his reputation, create hate, and create a hostile work environment for him. Uh, court documents also include every single insult that has been hurled at Reed over the years. And this is when we get to the fun part. These are the insults that people have hurled at Patrick Reed. Number one, now on the tee, the excavator. Obviously, he was picking up the sand at the Hero World Challenge. 
yada, yada, yada. You suck. You fucking suck. You jackass. You coward. Shovel. Why don't you dig a grave and bury yourself in it? You piece of shit. No one likes you. Everyone hates you, Reed. Good luck digging yourself out of this one. Where are your parents, coward? You cheater. Cheat. Everyone hates you, cheater. You're going to miss this, cheater. You cheat in college and on tour. You're a piece of shit. Beat the cheater's ass. Sorry, Webb, for having to play with the cheat. Who did you piss off? Why don't you introduce your children to their grandparents, you ungrateful bitch? Crazy. I'm sure a lot of other golfers heard crazy things as well, but it just goes to show you that the Golf Channel, Brandel Chambly, they have been mocking Patrick Reed, and Patrick Reed had enough. Captain America is not putting up with this bullshit anymore. And uh, one of the suit's claims is that the Golf Channel and its analysts have conspired to destroy the reputation of Live Golf and golfers who have defected from the PGA Tour to join the Saudi sports, sports washing campaign. Arguments will be heard in the Southern District of Texas, Houston Division, and could set a precedent of what is considered fair and unfair treatment of athletes by analysts and critics. Now, let's hope this doesn't go too far and it doesn't set a bad precedent because we all love Sports Center. We all love First Take. We all love um, Skip and Shannon. We all love Colin Coward. We all love Part of My Take. We all love sports media. We love to hear these analysts talking about sports, giving their opinion, you know, dissing on some athletes, raising up some athletes, depending where they are in their career, what they're doing. If this sets a precedent that if you say one negative thing about an athlete in public or on cable or on a podcast or on the radio, you might get sued. It will destroy sports media for the foreseeable future, and that would be a horrible precedent to set. So let's hope for our sake, and honestly, the athletes, I'm sure they don't want to have the easy road and and not have sports media, you know, analysts get on them when they're, you know, making stupid decisions. Like, the whole, everybody loves sports talk radio, you know? Everybody loves, you know, the politics on the TV, CNN, Fox News. Like I said, first take, um, you know, get up on ESPN. Like, that's what we love to watch. We like to see what these analysts, what these former players are saying. And most of the time they're saying what we're thinking and they have the balls to go up there and say it. So let's hope that it doesn't set that precedent. Like I said, $750 million. I do not think that Patrick Reed will get anything close to that. And honestly, let's be real. It was a way for Patrick Reed to finally get back at Brandel Chambly. It's going to make Brandel Chambly have a headache for a couple of years. He's going to have to get a lawyer, which I'm sure the Golf Channel will give him. It's going to have to go to court, be disposed, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, but that was this is just Reed's way of getting back at Brandel Chambly and the Golf Channel. And honestly, I don't think anything will come for it. And also, you have to think that that last claim where, you know, the Golf Channel and its analysts have conspired to destroy the reputation of live golf you know greg norman was in patrick reed's ear and said you know what why don't why don't we do this for the good of live golf you know you had the 11 golfers to sue the pga tour um two weeks ago now you got reed suing brandel chambly so you know what live is fighting back you had everybody talking about live in such a degrading negative you know way 
Liv isn't going to take that shit. They're going to fight back. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. And I will end the podcast with this. If we do not get a PGA versus Live team Ryder Cup event in the next two, three years, the golf world will have missed a huge opportunity. You got the Ryder Cup. You got the President's Cup. You know what? Figure out a way to get PGA versus Live. It will be must-see TV. Most of the players hate the other players. The PGA Tour players are pissed at the live guys for defecting. The live guys are pissed at the way the PGA Tour players are talking shit about them. You know, when you get US versus Europe, there is, you know, animosity in there. But at the end of the event, everybody gets together, congratulates each other. It's camaraderie. If you get PGA versus live in a Ryder Cup team format event, you're not going to see that camaraderie. It is going to be balls to the wall, passion and fire. And I would pay a crazy amount of money to see that. So that does it for this week's episode. Again, we will be back next week to cover a nice little preview for Live Golf Boston. Uh, follow us on Twitter at 54LivePod, on TikTok at 54LivePod. Make sure you listen, rate, and subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. So it's Digsies signing off for 54 Live, and I will check back with you all next week. Later.